Alrighty, my name is, is Anya, and uh, I'm from Germany, not from Russia. <laughs> There's more confusion today. So I am from Germany. I have a Russian name, but no relations to Russia, even though Russia is a beautiful country. Um, I work with a college ministry called Connection um, in Bonn, Germany, which is south of Cologne. Uh, you might have heard this. If not, it's no problem. Um, and my topic today is developing a heart for God. And um, I was given this topic and I was thinking a lot about it. And even in, in my discipleship group, I was um, doing a little mind map. I don't know if you guys know what a mind map is. Who knows what that is? If you don't know, it's not a problem because that will be part of the workshop later. But first of all, I thought I would love to know who is here. So I have a little survey. So you can raise your hand if this applies to you. Okay. I first want to know who's from USC. Okay. CBU? Okay. Chico? Okay. Then have you, if you, raise your hand if you have become a Christian in college or really made a commitment, you know, in college. Okay, a couple. Then raise your hand if you have been a Christian for less than a year. Okay, less than two years. Okay, a few of you. Very good. And then you do not have to raise your hand. It's like voluntary. Uh, it's not a scary question. But raise your hand if you're struggling with a thriving devotional and prayer life. Me too. Well, um, that's why I think I, I picked the topic because um, there's a verse in the Bible that really spoke to me one time. And it's in Psalm 42, 1 through 2. And it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? It's Psalm 42, 1 through 2. And I cannot say for myself that I've always had this feeling, this longing for God. And I don't know if you can identify with this, but this is what this workshop is about. So what I'm hoping and what I've been praying for all of you attending this workshop is that you leave here with a little bit more desire to get to know God, with a little bit more longing to be with him and to be in his presence. And so I would love to start us off with a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you that you are our God, that you are great, that you are mighty. And um, Father, that you have made this day. And um, Father, that you have a purpose for each one of us to be here at this time in this um, beautiful camp. Um, Father, I pray for this workshop that you would um, guide me, that you would speak through me, that you would help me to even overcome the barrier of a second language, and that you would help me to clearly communicate. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty. Um, I really want to share a little bit more about my story, because I think, as uh, Dudley already shared with us yesterday, I think part of where you know teaching comes from and part of where things that God teaches me comes from is from my story. So I became, like some of you, I became a Christian in college as well. I am from a very atheistic, non-Christian background, and um, I had a friend in college who invited me to church. Um, when I became a Christian, I did not have any knowledge about the Bible. Like I literally came from a, from a background that we didn't have a Bible at home, I didn't go to church. So being a Christian meant for me to catch up a lot. Like, I just felt like I didn't know anything, and everybody around me knew so much about the Bible. So the first time, like, or the first couple of years of my Christian life 
were very much characterized by this, um, this motivation of just wanting to catch up. Um, another thing that happened in my life really early on was after two years of being a Christian, I joined the ministry. I became a student intern. And um, even though it was a really good time, I think maybe it was a little bit too early for me to just jump into ministry right away. Because then, apart from not knowing a lot and not knowing a lot about the Bible, I found myself wanting to invest in students, wanting to meet with girls and have a thriving devotional life that I really didn't have. You know, I wanted to teach them about meeting God and um, having a desire for God and praying, but it wasn't me yet because I was only a Christian for two years and um, like I was just not there yet. So um, there are two things that I learned really early on and that is time is your friend and then consistency is your friend. You know, it's okay to be where you're at right now. It's okay that you're not five steps further in your, in your Christian walk. It's okay to be where you are now. Um, but it's also okay to kind of look towards what could be, you know, and to strive to get to know God better. So those were the, is there somebody else lacking a handout? So those were two things that I really, like, I really struggle with. Like, just the idea of, like, not knowing enough or not feeling equipped. And then the idea that I really had to pour into girls. And what happened, essentially, was that I put on this facade of, like, I'm such a cool Christian. You know, I can do all these things. And I tried to communicate things with my words that I did not communicate with my behavior. And so my, um, my first girl that I invested in, I just kept thinking, why is this girl not getting to have a quiet time? Like, why is she not doing it? But I didn't have a quiet time myself. Like, I was just talking about it. I wasn't living it out, you know. I was not sharing my struggles with her. I was only trying to teach her, teach her um, how to have a quiet time. And so she, it didn't. It didn't transfer. It didn't communicate to her. Because I didn't communicate it with my, with my action. I didn't communicate it with my life. And so after about three years of being a Christian, um, and I now work with Connection for 10. I just finished my 10th year. Um, I kind of reevaluated, and I kind of looked at my, my spiritual walk and I looked at my relationship with God and I thought, this is not good. Like, I'm just not the person I really want to be. Um, there was somebody um, at a conference like this, he came up to me and he was a, a respected leader, like somebody I really respected. And he came to me and he, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm so proud of you. And I remember the next thing I did was I went to my room and I started crying because I thought, you're proud of a facade. You're proud of something I'm not. But I really want to be that person. You know, I really want to be that person that, that has a continuous quiet time or a daily quiet time that really knows God and not just knows about God. And so I determined that there are three life objectives that I really want my life to, to be driven by. Um, there are more, but those are the three I'm sharing with you right now. So the first one is 1 Corinthians 1.9. And 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, the word fellowship, that's what I want my life to be about. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. 
And having a relationship, a friendship, is like having any other relationship. It requires time. You know, you have to spend time with Jesus. And you have to have a certain amount of openness or honesty, vulnerability. You know, you cannot be a good friend with somebody and always stay on the surface. Like, that just doesn't work. You know, you have to share your struggles. You have to share your, your worries. You have to share your um, doubts. And so who else but Jesus would understand those doubts? And who else could you come openly to, when, if not Jesus, to share those doubts with? So I really wanted to make my life about developing this relationship with God by spending time with God, and by being open and honest with God. The second thing is Psalm 46.10. And it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I wanted to know God better. Again, I didn't want to just know about God. I wanted to know God, like who God is. And again, time is a key factor because if you just want to get to know God in a week, like the spring break, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. First the bubble. It's not going to happen. It will take time, you know, to go through different stages, through different uh, periods of time, different decisions, different struggles, good times to really get to know God. And I determined that I didn't just want to get to know God with my head, um, so knowledge, you know, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, reading big theology books. I also went to seminary. So if I say y'all, I went to Texas. I lived there. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Just wondering why a German says y'all. That is where it comes from. Um, so I wanted to know God with my head, but also with my heart and with my hand. So I wanted to know God with my head. So I wanted to learn who God is, his attributes, um, how he acts in the Bible, how he engages in relationships, encounters different people in the Bible. Um, I wanted to have convictions in my life, so I wanted to know God with my heart, um, really experience God, how he works and speaks to me, and then also with my hands, with my actions. Um, the third verse um, that is one of my life objectives is John 15, 5, and we heard this verse a couple times by, um, by Mike's story already. And it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so the phrase that is my life objective is abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. And so he already talked a lot about it, but the word to me means to stay, or not just to me, but the word means to stay and to continue to be present. Um, a couple years ago, I think it might have been a spring break like this, uh, our vision trip that we took the German students on, we had a meeting with New Walker, and he shared his concept about one-time decisions. So I don't know if you from USC have heard this, um, but he said, I'm making one-time decisions. And so abiding in Christ, to me, is like a one-time decision. You know, I'm not going back on it. It's one time I decided um, to abide in Christ and to continue to stay with him. And uh, I'm not going to doubting that decision anymore. It was a one-time decision. Um, and this is especially important if there are times where you don't understand God or where things just don't make sense to you. So there might be times where, you know, it's hard to get up in the morning and have a quiet time. But abiding in Christ means to have the discipline to just follow through. The one-time decision, you follow through with it. And you be disciplined enough um, to, 
to have, meet with Jesus in the morning, you know, to pray and to, to continue, even though it's hard or even though you just don't like to. Um, so those are the three, or my three, one of my three life objectives. Um, to have fellowship with Jesus, to know God, and to abide in Jesus. Um, I thought about trying to make this workshop a little bit more practical. Did not expect that many people. But uh, we will still make it work. But there are six steps um, I have for you to develop a heart for God. Six steps. I'm going to talk about the first two a little bit more in detail, and then I will tell you later what we're going to do with the other four. Um, so the first one, the first step to develop a heart for God is to have Christ in the center of your life. Because essentially, you cannot develop a heart for God if, God if your heart does not belong to God. Your heart has to belong to God in order to develop a heart for God. Um, Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I don't know who's here right now in this room. I don't know if you have already all made the decision to follow Jesus. I just want to encourage you, if you have not made this decision yet, then it is a great decision to make, and it's a great um, life to live as a Christian. So there is a decision to be made um, to as, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, to accept his forgiveness for your sins. And um, for me, that decision was made 16 years ago, um, and I never regretted to make that decision, even through the hard times, even through so that, you know, facing my family, who are all not believers, you know, has been a hard thing, but it was a great decision. So I just want to encourage you, is, you know, if you have never made that decision to, you know, make that decision to talk to somebody, to, you can also come up to me and talk to me after the workshop as well. Um, and so if you have put Jesus in the center of your life, then there are two verses that explain kind of what that means. And the first one is Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Christ lives in me, and I live by faith. That's one of the characteristics I put Jesus in the center of my life. The second verse is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we are a new creation. And um, it's part of the transformational process of Jesus to change us, you know, to make us more Christ-like. But the first step is to put Jesus in the center. And this is not just a decision you make once. It's a decision that you make daily. Because there are things that can move Jesus from the center of your life. Or there are things that you can think of just right, like it's interactive. I didn't tell you this. This is an interactive workshop. Um, are there things that you can think of that move Jesus out of the center of your life? School. School. Sin. Sin. Very good. Person. A person? A person? Yeah. So, say boyfriend or girlfriend? Boyfriend, girlfriend? Even like family. Family? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the distraction of everyday life. Like thinking even about, you know, we have this great week. And this happens to me like every time that I come from a retreat like this or from um, 
like a conference like this. I go home and this was a great time and I forget all about my notes. I forget all about what happened here or, you know, this is great as long as we are here. But once we get back home, this is really where this retreat starts. You know, this is really where like transformation starts. It doesn't necessarily like start here, but it really starts when you get back home and when you apply the things you've learned. Um, so even just in this distraction, busyness, I think that's a big one in my life, just being busy with a lot of things where you don't even see that Jesus is not in the center. He's not the one that drives your life, that guides your life, but it is more what you think is most important. And then we already said sin and people as well. So that is very important. Like one of the first steps to develop a heart for God is to put Jesus in the center of your life. The second step is obedience or trusting God with your actions. So I, I do have to confess, I have a little bit of a hard time with the word obedience. The same in German, so it's not an English uh, thing, but it's a little bit hard for me to grasp or to understand what real obedience is. And it sounds pretty strong. You know, so I was thinking about like what exactly does this mean, and so I came up with another phrase, is, and that is like trusting God with your action, because I think obedience has a lot to do with trusting. You know, trusting God that when His Word says something, that this is really the best for you. You know, that even though it might not make sense to you, that following God's Word is really beneficial. And so there were many times in my life where I kind of doubted that that is true. And so there's a verse that I keep claiming over and over again when I find myself in a situation where I doubt God or I doubt that if I follow his word and what his word says, it will really turn out to be the best for me. And that's Psalm 84, 11. Psalm 84, 11. And it says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good things does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good things does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God does not rip you off. It sometimes may feel like it. You know, it sometimes feels like there's things you really desire and you really want, and God doesn't give them to you. Um, but he doesn't withhold anything good from those who walk uprightly. So if he doesn't give you what your heart desires, maybe it's not the best for you at this time. You know, so because he doesn't rip you off. And so, like, claiming this truth over my life and claiming this truth, especially in times where I struggled with, like, why doesn't God give me what I want? Um, I think that is really good, like, to really trust him in that. Um, obedience also means, like, to, play, to apply his word to your everyday life. You might have heard the word or the phrase, like, stepping out in faith. Um, I mean, I do like that phrase, but really, obedience has a lot more to do with, like, everyday life then it has to do with like big moments in your life or big decisions. I mean, it also applies to that, but it really applies to your everyday life. Um, I don't know if you have seen the pie illustration. That's not the illustration on the back of your handout that I'm talking about, just FYI. Uh, but have you seen the, who has seen the pie illustration? Okay, a couple people. And um, maybe I'll draw it real quick. Okay, so kind of, you know, like a pie. And so what we want is Jesus, again, in the center, and all the different areas of our life, like work, family, to be surrounded by that and not have Jesus only be a piece of the pie. Like we want him to be the center. 
you know, that would influence all the different areas of our lives um, and not just be one piece of it. Um, so obedience is really important in everyday life. And um, when we look in the Bible, what, you know, God's word says about being doers of the word and really applying, then we find in James 1.22, a verse that says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Um, I kind of had to face this, this verse as, as truth for myself because uh, one of the disciplines I'm really struggling with is uh, scripture memory. Anybody struggling with that? We are all done with that. And so um, I once met with my accountability partner and uh, I told her, I'm like, oh, I haven't memorized my verse for this week, which, I mean, this was like four weeks ago. So it's not like a long time ago, it's just recently. And so and she was like, well, you know, I once heard if you don't do it, you're really not convinced that it is important. And I'm like, no, I do believe scripture memory is important. But if really, it's true. If you don't do it, you don't think it's important. So I really needed to work on like, okay, so why is scripture memory important in order to find more motivation to actually do scripture memory? So it's the same with God's word. Like if I don't do it, I don't think it's important. And um, so it's, it's very important for us like to develop these convictions. Um, another verse that speaks to obedience is Romans 12, one through two. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may, be, may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Like, how do you renew your mind? Like, how do you do that? You know, how, do you, how are you transformed? It's by, you know, figuring out the, the fault in your thoughts and replacing them with God's truth. Like you need to replace um, your old way of thinking with what God says is true in his word. Um, and another verse is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. It says, Humbly, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus needs to be the boss of your life. Like that's what we mean when we talk about lordship. When we say Jesus is lord of our life, it essentially means like, you know, your life depends on him. He is the boss. He gives the direction. He tells you, you know, where to go next. He guides you. He prepares your path. Um, an example just from my own life with ways I've struggled with obedience is in the area of forgiveness. You know, I sometimes think it's much easier to hold on to your anger and it's much easy, easier to hold on to, but I'm right. This person hurt me, I am right. You know, I'm just not gonna let forgiveness <coughs> ruin this feeling of being right. But really God's word says to forgive because if you don't, it turns into um, bitterness and bitterness is like poison. So you essentially like poison your own heart. And I mean, who wants to poison their own heart? Like nobody. So trusting God again, like with that he says forgiveness is good. You know, forgiveness is healing to your heart and really dealing with then forgiving other people. You know, really believing this is the best to do. That's just an example, like from my own life, how I struggle with um, really applying that word to my life. Um, I even like, I literally wrestle with God about this. 
Like I tell them, like, I don't agree with this. And so it's a, it's a good thing, you know. It's like being open and honest with God. It's part of building this relationship uh, with him. Okay, there are four more practices, and this is what I would like to do. And now you can turn over your page. And I think I, well, some people did not turn over their I'm just kidding. Um, uh, there are, I think I put all the verses that I mentioned about obedience, about God, putting God as the center of your life, or Jesus as the center of your life, already on the page. There are four more practices. That is prayer, fellowship, God's word, and prayer. So what I want us to do is to work on convictions, you know, because I can talk a lot here, but really what helps more is if you build the convictions yourself. And the question is, how do you build convictions? Well, I think the first step of building how to build convictions is to know why, you know, like scripture memory, like why is this important? Like, I don't know, you know, because if I don't understand why, I will probably not do it. Um, or I become like the facade of like just following the spiritual practices because somebody told me this is how a good Christian behaves. But really, this is not going to get us very far. So in order to really build convictions, we need to answer the question, why? And then the second question we need to answer is how? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, how do I apply this to my life? Uh, how do I make it practical where I'm not overwhelmed and give up next week? You know, I don't know how many people started to read through the Bible in one year and gave up. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a great thing. I'm doing it right now. Again, I'm trying, but it's okay to start small. It's okay to start with a chapter a day. It's okay to start with a little passage a day. You know, you do not have to set huge goals that you can reach. Just start small. So you have to ask, you, or you have to answer the question why, and then you have to answer the question how. And then the third step of how to build convictions is you need to get started. Because if you never get started, you're not building convictions. So you have to figure out some way of like really doing it. Uh, the fourth step is to keep going. So when it gets hard, when you, you know, three weeks into after the conference, that's probably when it hits you like, oh, I don't know, man, three days without a quiet time. But just keep going, get back on track. It's not a problem. Just keep going. And then the fifth step is to pass it on. There's something really cool in like telling somebody about like, this is where I am. This is what I learned at this conference even. You know, this is what I'm really trying to do. And this is how, and this is why uh, you need to do it. So in order to equip you all to at least answer the, y'all, to answer the first question why, uh, I put these verses on there. And I know we cannot really work in groups because we're very many people. So I thought this is what we're gonna do. Okay. So this area right here, you're going to handle prayer, the verse on prayer. You're going to look at those verses. This area here, you're going to look at the verses for God's word. Then everybody sitting over there, you're going to look at fellowship, the verses on fellowship. And then you guys over there, you're going to work on um, sharing Jesus. Yes. Is there a question? Oh, you're just waving. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> So you're working on those. So let's take, let's take maybe seven minutes and look at those verses and answer the question why. Like nothing else but why. Why is this important? Okay, are we, are we getting ready? Are we ready? Awesome. Okay, I need a volunteer who writes on the board. 
Anybody loving to ride? Oh, I saw her first. That's okay. <laughs> okay. This is what we're going to do. Since we can't all look up all the passages, we're going to work on the question why. We're going to start on the conviction building process. Um, and we're going to start with prayer. And you can just shout out like your answers to the question why is prayer? You guys had prayer. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why the why prayer is important, and then you can just write it around. Okay. okay, this needs to stay empty. Okay. Awesome. All right. Prayer. So why is prayer important? Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. And we're to be like Jesus. Okay, just keep it going. Uh, prayer is a way of communication. Is uh, our uh, yes, Christianity. It is a religion, but it's also relationships. Mm. So. Yeah, you can just build relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, connects us to the mind and will of God. Mm-hmm. Very good. What else? Um, yeah. Just like a way for God to like understand like our pains and struggles in life. Mm -hmm. Maybe God understands our struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it gives us peace. Mm, very good. It gives us peace. I think that is uh, Philippians 4, uh, 5 and 6 that you were referring to. I really love this verse because I was um, thinking a lot about um, Proverbs 4.23. Like above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And uh, if you think about like how to guard your heart, that verse is an answer to it. You know, because I'm really like, I have those verses memorized in German, but not in English. So it's always like <laughs> translating in my head. But it says that, that God got your heart by like putting all in, uh, all our worries on Him. Sorry, butchering the Bible. Okay, what else on prayer? Yeah. Produces joy. It produces joy. Okay, let's go to God's Word. Guidance. Guidance. What else? Yeah. It's living um, and powerful, and because it's living, it's also super relevant to our lives now. Mm -hmm. It's living, it's powerful, and relevant. It's light. It's the light. It is the light. It trains us in righteousness. And there's a lot more in that verse, what God, God's word does. And teaching. Mm -hmm. Teaching. Um, 
corrects us. Oh yeah, teaching. Correction. <coughs> Rebuking. That, that was awesome. Mention. Okay, what else? From that verse, I also took um, that a good reason to read God's word is simply because it is God breathed. Mm, that's, that's right. It's God breathed. Yeah. <laughs> like it's actually God's word. Yeah. yeah. So. It helps us to grow. Um, in a very straightforward sense, and what it just says is that it's beneficial. So it's beneficial. Yeah, it's prosper. It's one of those things where you have to trust, you know, God, that it is beneficial. Because I don't know, like sometimes I read God's word and I go like. I don't understand anything. I don't know what's going on there. You know, I have no idea how this would ever apply to my life, but it is beneficial, you know, so keep going. Persistency, you know, it's your friend. Okay, what about fellowship? Which, okay. So, like, if one of us stumbles, we have others to, like, bring us back up either with scripture or prayer. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, can help us. Others can help us to, I guess, in times of trouble, Gets real trouble as well as spiritual trouble, you know, when you're not, you know, struggling with God and um, if his word is real, if his promises are true, then others can help us. Heaven. It's kind of like Douglas said this morning, we begin to experience God's love and grace through people first, and that's how we first comprehend it, and then yeah. we begin to comprehend it further as God. Yeah, we learn about God, who God is, his attributes through other people. You're doing, so you're doing a great job. Thanks. <laughs> great job. Okay. Yeah. It's how we show God's love to others. Mm-hmm. By being around others. Other people. <coughs> yeah. Uh, sharing wisdom. Sharing w- wisdom, yeah. And keeps us accountable. Keeps us accountable. Very important. do the, like living with God like we can't be a Christian alone anything else on fellowship yeah like the verse we have, um, Proverbs 13, 20, mm-hmm. how pretty much says that you become the people who you're surrounded with. Yeah. So it's important to have fellowship with other believers. Right. And to to see like who you surround yourself with, you know, because you know you will become that who you surround yourself with. Yeah. <coughs> Encouraging? Yeah.
I think the surrounding yourself with, that's why I love conferences like this too. Because there's so many people who are so wise, you know, who are so godly, who I just love to be around and learn from them, you know, learn from their uh, victories, learn from their struggles. Very good. Okay, sharing Jesus. It's a, it's a command. Because we're not afraid. Mm-hmm. We're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed. Why are we not ashamed? Because we're openly speaking about it. Mm-hmm. I th- also think there's no reason to be ashamed. It's the truth, you know. There's no reason to be ashamed of the gospel. God is the one who convicts of sins. God is the one who changes hearts and who draws people to him. We, our job is to, to share, to love them, and to pray. Um, if we don't share, then people won't hear. Yeah. If we don't share, people won't hear. And, um, like, I have a really hard time, like, even reading that verse because I always tear up and start crying. Uh, the Romans 10 uh, verse. Because... If, like, I grew up in Germany, you know, a country, we have multiple Bible translations. It's not that, you know, we're necessarily lacking in, in churches uh, or believers. You know, we don't have many, but we have some, or you should think enough. But if a friend would never have shared with me when I was 21, I never heard about Jesus. Like, I literally did not know what Jesus, like, who Jesus was, what Jesus did. Like, that there is a gift of forgiveness that I can receive, I did not know this. So this verse has a very special meaning to me because if somebody would have not come and shared with me, I would have never known. Okay, something else? Yeah. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Anything else? Anything on the sharing? Mm-hmm. Doesn't come natural, you know. It's, it's good to learn, you know, to practice, to have somebody come alongside of you and help you with that. You know, that's always a good thing. I think that's where fellowship also comes in. You know, people who come alongside of you and train you and help you. Alrighty, so this is thank you. You're welcome. So this is just like a start. Again, I'm not. Like, I'm not thinking that through this workshop you will have deep convictions about prayer, about fellowship, about God's word, and about um, sharing Jesus. But I think it's a good start of, like, asking yourself the question, like, why? Why is this important? Um, So for myself, what I often do, I pray, like, God, like, what is an area in my life that I need growth in, that I need, you know, new conviction, or that you want to speak into? And so for me right now, it's the area of prayer that um, God really spoken to me that this is something like I really need to look into more. And um, one of the verses that God put on my heart like for this year is Jeremiah 33, three. Um, and it says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. 
So I am, like, I am leading this college ministry in Bonn, and um, there are not a lot of believers in the college ministry. You know, it is a hard work because you're building relationships, you're sharing, but it takes a long time for a student to um, even take the step of coming to church. I just, I met this, this uh, student, his name is Tore, which is spelled like Thor, so it's kind of cool, you know, Thor with an E. So in German, his name is Tore, and we met him, I think, two months after I had moved there. And so the Sunday before I came to the stage, which was just about three weeks ago, it was his first time to come to church. It took him two years of hanging out with us, of coming to small group, of knowing a lot of other Christians. It took two years for him to come to church. So it is a hard ground in Germany. So I'm praying, and that's why I think God has put this verse on my heart, that I will call unto the Lord, and he will show me great things, and he will show me hidden things that I've not known. So he will show me more that he's doing in Germany. And I'm praying that he is actually doing you know, a lot more on the German college campuses because the need is really great. And so another thing I do when I'm you know, thinking, okay, you know, really want to learn more about prayer is um, I started reading a book on prayer. You know, I started reading the Bible, like verses on prayer, but then also a book. And uh, one of the books I started reading was by Dick Eastman, The Hour That Changes the World. It's a really great book on prayer because it gives you very practical tips of like, how can you pray? What can you pray? Um, it's really great, and um, I just want to um, share a um, quote from the book with you because I thought this was really great, new insight about prayer. And he says, like, prayer is the vision of the believer. It gives, you, it gives eyes to our faith. In prayer, we see beyond ourselves and focus spiritual eyes on God's infinite power. You know, that's what we need, like, and I, I bet that's what you need on your college campuses as well, not just in the co on the college campuses in Germany. We need to see with God's eyes what he wants to do. Um, so I want to expect great things from God for you know, my ministry, but then also for us to develop these convictions in our life. Um, there's an illustration, that's the little part where it says illustration, um, that I want to share with you that kind of combines all of this in one illustration. It's called The Wheel. It's by the navigators, and you might have seen it, um, but I thought... This is a great way of kind of summarizing um, those different areas, the steps to develop a heart for God. So in the center is Jesus. So Jesus is in the center. And then you communicate to God through prayer. And he communicates to us through his word. Then we want to have fellowship with other believers. And then we want to share Jesus with others. And all of this, we want to be a obedient, Christian in action.
So it combines the six steps of how we can develop a heart for God. We put Jesus in the middle, we pray, we communicate to God through prayer. He communicates to us through his word. We share Jesus, we have fellowship, and all of that, the whole wheel is driven by our obedience to his word. Okay, then I also put a couple practical steps how to move forward on your page as well. So the first one is, you know, pray to God, to sh for God to show you which of those spokes of the wheel or the center or the, the wheel part, I guess, um, is something that he wants to talk to you about. You know, choose one, start with the verses I gave you, look up more verses on prayer, you know, start to build your conviction. Start to ask the question, why? You know, and then this is only the first question of five steps, you know. So ask you, yourself why is this important? Then how? How can I implement this? Then how do you how can I do I get started? How can I keep going? You know, so you know, again, time and consistency, they are your friends. By this you will develop a heart for God over time and through consistency. And then pass it on, share it with somebody else. And so step two has to do with pass it on, like get together with a friend and share what you have learned and ask them to keep you accountable. You know, I've set this goal for myself, like ask me next week how I'm doing. Um, and start small. It's really okay to start small. Uh, the third one is don't give up because you do not develop a heart for God overnight. Like it will take time. The fourth is schedule regular dates with God. Like this is a beautiful place. I mean, the mountains, and, and I'm from Europe, you know, but it's still beautiful, like super beautiful here. Um, but spend time with God, you know, really, it's hard to probably, you know, say no to your friends and the fun sometimes in order to go out and just, you know, walk with God, enjoy God, enjoy his presence. Um, but I just want to encourage you, you know, the little bit that we have left this week, like to really seek God's presence. And then pay attention to what stirs your heart. You know, as we are listening to Dudley, as we're listening to, you know, Mike or to different other people that we have conversations with, you know, there is God who speaks to you and who tells you, you know, this is what I want you to pay attention to. I don't know if you've ever gone through a workshop and you shared with a friend and they got something to totally different out of the workshop than you did. I think that's God, like, speaking to you and then speaking to your friend in different ways because we're, you know, different people and God speaks differently to each one of us. And so just listen, you know, but you have to kind of be more in the quiet and take time to even be able to listen to how God stirs your heart and where he might speak to you. Um, a last verse I want to I wanna share with you is Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. And it says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And that's kind of what my heart is for all of you, that you experience um, this joy in God's presence, you know, that you experience the intimacy with God that develops over time and with consistency. That's it. Do you have any questions? There's a little bit of time left. Back when you were talking about obedience before you had to flip the page over? Yeah. You said a verse from Psalm. I missed the, the yeah. reference on it. It's 
if not, you can also see me afterwards or talk to me on lunch. Thank you so much.